Hey, Spoonies and Mental Health Warriors. Welcome back to Unified. We are here for our season four premiere, and we're so excited. I can't believe we've made it this far. Yay, me too. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm proud of you. I am too. This is Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. Hey, guys. And um, we do want to give you just a quick, quick little taste of what we're going to be talking about. Um, one of my favorite things is probably the sorority sisters are going to be coming in. They're a lupus group. So um, we're going to go a little deeper into what life with lupus is like. And Angie, what's one of your uh, ones that stands out to you that you're really looking forward to? Um, I think I'm really looking forward to the sociopath. Um, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> That's always good. Yes, true. We love true crime. Um, it's definitely mm-hmm. not what we do here, but we love to know what's going on mentally behind all of the stuff that happens. And we're also going to do some stuff on phobias, um, yes, which I we haven't done that. before. So all of that is coming up in the next season. Uh, stay tuned. And we will bring to you right now our season four premiere episode episode one see you soon you are listening to unified through chronic and mental illness with your hosts angie roberts and kimberly murphy please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature People who experience childhood trauma are 1.3 times more likely to develop a psychiatric disorder than adults who didn't experience any trauma, and 1.2 times more likely to develop depression or substance abuse disorder. Hey, Spoonies and Mental Health Warriors. This is Kimberly Murphy here with Angie Roberts. Hey, guys. How are you doing? And we are so excited to bring to you our first episode of Season 4. Today, we are going to be talking about childhood trauma and how it affects people in their adulthood, Angie. Yes, how it affects the, you know, how it affects your mental health and how it affects you in adulthood. adulthood. So the um, definition of a traumatic event, I think is it's important for us to know. So the National Child Traumatic Stress Network defines a traumatic event as any scary, dangerous, or violent event that poses a threat to the physical safety, well-being, or bodily integrity of a child. Sometimes traumatic events may directly involve the child. Other times the events involve the parent, guardian, or other caregivers, such as domestic violence. Right. Um, threats to the physical safety of a loved one may be just as traumatic for a child to see as um, direct threats to the child. Oh, yeah, because their safety is in their parent or whatever. So if they're right, right. So if their caretaker is being abused, that makes complete sense. You know, and it struck me that um, in the actual definition, it does say, you know, perceived threats, basically, because it's different for everybody how a situation can feel. And that could be bullying. Um, right. So it's very it's subjective. Bullying. It's very subjective to the person themselves and how they interpret what's happening. It's really like PTSD, you know, or any other uh, mm-hmm. thing that causes you trauma. It's one of those, uh, I may get trauma from something that you may not get trauma from. So 
Right. I mean, there could be, there can be kids that grow up in the same sort of domestic violence situation and all turn out different because of how they've perceived that threat or internalized what's been going on. Right. So it can be more traumatizing to one than the other. Definitely it can. And it's interesting. We're going to talk about that. It's interesting how that can happen. Mm -hmm. But there's different types of childhood trauma, right? I mean, there's what types of things can actually cause it. There are several types of childhood trauma, and some of these are actually very, um, they were very interesting for me to find out. Um, First, of course, the first one is abuse, sexual, physical, psychological, anything like that. Life-threatening accidents or illnesses, violence in school or the community, bullying, domestic violence, as Mm -hmm. I said before, Mm -hmm. natural disasters, acts of terror, like you know, when the school 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, actually the public health crisis, such as not, uh, COVID-19 right. loss of a loved one, especially sudden or violent in nature. And you've got to remember these are kids. And I mean, we even have issues with that. So right. uh, kids, you know, refugees of war experience or war experiences. I know. And I couldn't even imagine that. Oh my I, I can't. Right. They have to be really but then neglect 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 even yeah um is a type of abuse and it definitely causes issues and i think a lot of uh the 80s generation can really actually relate to neglect (laughs) and that's not a joke because but we were latchkey kids so i think a lot of those kids felt that way and also you know like i remember hearing quite a few times actually that one in four kids or women or is it women or kids angie that suffer from abuse one in four is that just girls or is it girls and boys one in four women women okay so Mm -hmm. thinking about this the numbers are obviously going to be higher um right oh definitely mm -hmm. right you know the trauma can it's so, it can be so bad and probably things that we don't even think about. And of course, trauma can increase anxiety and depressive behaviors and right. be able, you know, where you can't cope with stress so much. And it can also cause PTSD, according to Psychology Today. Right. Um, <laughs> I haven't Hi, mentioned them in a couple Today. episodes. We're getting that. Okay. We're getting that sponsorship, guys. We're working I on know. it. Truly. It'll- and if not, just can I have an issue <laughs> subscription? <laughs> I mean, I go chill enough. Uh, anyway, uh, traumatic experiences can they burrow deep down into the body and contribute to chronic illness also. Mm-hmm. So um, the unresolved. Uh, I'm sorry. The unresolved uh, trauma just builds up in your body and causes illness like autoimmune diseases and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it says data from a 2019 survey showed strong correlation between unsolved trauma and the risk of cancer. That is so bizarre to me. I know. Like, I, I mean, I get it because we do always talk about the mind, body, spirit connection. Right. But like, this is very strong evidence that it really truly does, um, if you don't deal with what's going on in your spirit, in your brain, it's going to come out in your body for sure. Right. That's, and it that's it like, gets more, it, this just gets more interesting as it goes. It's, mm-hmm. 
it's it's something else. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, childhood traumas that involve sexual abuse can lead to long-term sexual dysfunction, which I didn't know. Hmm. Didn't think about. Interesting. Um, okay. And or and higher likelihood of sexual risky behaviors, which I didn't know that, but um, it makes sense. I don't yeah, know why, but it, it, kids are normally sexually abused. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. how that happens. I know. Um, it can lead to long-term cognitive disabilities and academic challenges for children who have gone through trauma or long-term trauma, and may show even defects in their language development and abstract reasoning skills okay yeah Um, you know that that makes sense to me too um which is one of the reasons i think doctors really uh try to make sure those markers are being met because it it could open up um it actually tells them more than we realize right yes and they can tell the doctor if there's any issues in the home or at least maybe tip it off to further investigation. Right. And don't be scared if your child, I don't want you to be scared. No, 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 no. They're not, that's not going to be the first thing. It's one tiny little piece of a huge puzzle. Right. You know, my child is having, uh, he, I think he's a little delayed. So they're sending him to, to a um, neurologist. So that's not the first thing they look at. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I had issues. Um, with with max uh so so i understand um how much fun that can be but they do they do all kinds of testing to make sure that the child can hear and see correctly and they're not going to jump to the worst conclusion obviously but it is a piece like if there's other things happening that might be one of the puzzle pieces to to put it together you know that's all is all i'm trying to say um don't want to make anybody afraid out there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. No. They're also at a higher risk for obesity, which I find interesting. Um, I guess that would be true if you, you know, well, I mean, they have think a higher about, risk of depression. Yeah. And and there's a lot eating. of people who turn to food and do comfort, you know, comfort eating. Um probably learn yeah. that at a, at a young age. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there are 30% children experiencing four times the amount of trauma were 30 more times likely to have behavior and learning problems than those not exposed to trauma. So 30 times more if you experience a trauma. Now I had, I did have some childhood trauma and Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of trouble with learning, especially after it all started. And right. I can definitely see how the 30 times more, because I went from an A student to an F student. So, you know, I can see how that definitely affects you. I think that there's no way for that it couldn't. I mean, you're a child who's dealing with the trauma and that's really going to encompass everything in your world. Like, you, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to be sitting in class and are you really going to be focused on math when you're definitely not in a traumatic event and you're in that freeze and um, mode flight, for me flies, right fight flight freeze or fawn which I found out which I think we may do an episode about. yeah, yeah and I, I did I we just did post on our Facebook page about fawning so right um that's another one you're right um but 
Could you nice. imagine <laughs> sitting there? <laughs> can no, you really, imagine sitting there? Can you imagine sitting there as a child though, and you're going through this traumatic, horrible abuse, or somebody died, or whatever may have happened to this child? It's got to be really hard to learn in school. Like that's right. You're in survival mode until you get out of survival mode. How are you going to advance any further? Yeah, I heard you get whatever age you get stuck at in your childhood trauma is kind of the age you're stuck at Mm -hmm. because you're stuck literally you're stuck they say Um, that about people with substance abuse issues as well whatever age you started using substances is how mature you are because you stopped maturing at that point right Mm -hmm. because you know you're not because you're not dealing with your traumas anymore you're covering it up with drugs so yeah that is sad it is sad it is sad. There's a little bit of, there's a few other effects of childhood trauma. Um, just they can, um, but they might not exhibit the signs of PTSD, but mm-hmm. they may struggle with these behavioral issues like anger, difficulty focusing or paying attention, changes in eating habits, new fears or phobias, increased obsession with safety. Um, hmm. That would be so sad because that means that they're scared all the time. Oh, I know. Increased focus on death and dying and insomnia or fightful fitful sleeping. Fitful sleeping, yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, you know, they might not sleep, they're not may not eat, they may come and you know, just thinking about death a lot. I know, isn't that sad? Like these are not things that kids should have to be thinking about at all. Yeah. Um, there's a lot yeah. of traumas that can happen to children that they you didn't really do them. You know, like I said, everybody is very sensitive to mm-hmm. um, what they see maybe on TV or what they see out in the world. So this may not be an issue with the parent. So oh, not, right. I don't want everybody to think that, you know, we read those other right. reasons because it's not always a parent issue. It's not always a person issue. Nope. So I actually have a good example of that. I have a good example of that real quick. I was little, uh, probably four or five years old playing in the front yard. And, um, I think it was a group of Mormons or Jehovah witness. I'm not sure which, but they were Mm. circling through the neighborhood and they were giving out their pamphlets and I didn't know what the pamphlet was. I could barely read. So they're like, do you want a pamphlet? And I said, no. And this little boy looked at me and said, well, now you're going to go to hell. (laughs) And I'm telling you now, Uh, it traumatized me for years. Seriously, my mother was just like, I can't believe how much this traumatized you because later there was like something scary on TV. And um, I was like thinking of the worst of what the boy said. And I'm like, I'm going to go to hell. (laughs) It's going to be scary there. And it's going to look like that place that you, that was on TV and you know, stuff like that. So you're right. You never know what's going to really stick with somebody and how it's going to affect them. Especially children because their brains are so um, innocent and well, uh, little children anyway. Right. Exactly. I mean, who tells a five-year-old they're going to hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, and again, uh, to the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons, I know that this is not, not something you would approve of. <laughs> right. That's not, we know that's not That's a not thing. what you and normally do. No, that, yeah, no. It was not, just this one, one particular kid that said it to me. Yeah. It was one of the kids that was. And he that. was a kid. 
And he so. was a kid. Exactly. <laughs> he was a kid. I just want to make that clear. Um, but yeah, you know, that was traumatizing to me. I believed it. So. So off to a little science time with Angie. So guys don't get too lost in this. So, um, Oxytocin is a hormone produced by the brain, commonly known as the love hormone. So abuse can affect these levels of the oxytocin hormone. Of course, the love hormone, the most more love you get, the more oxytocin It's the happy feeling, the, you know, and everything like when that. When you give so, someone a hug. Yeah. When you give someone yeah, a hug, when, it releases oxytocin. Right. When you're with your children and you're cuddling your children and you're coddling them and you're loving on them and the more you do that, the more oxytocin is produced. In them. So that's a good thing, right? Right. You would right. think. So, yeah. Right. So um, early life stress causes oxytocin levels within the hypothalamus, which is the frontal lobe, and the amygdala, which controls your emotions. Um, they're both important parts of the region in producing oxytocin oxytocin excuse me and emotional regulation even the functioning of the the oxytocin receptor is altered following early life trauma so you actually have something in your brain that is altered as you know it's wow. not just um memories is what i'm trying to say so there's a physical change there and now you're not able to have as much oxytocin in your system right. that your body is supposed to have. Right. Because oh, now that is the receptor isn't working fully. Mm -hmm. So even though people show you so much love, you're not going the to happy, the happy feeling may not be. And that can Angie, make a lot of sense with depression. <laughs> you have just answered so many questions for me. <laughs> So it, it makes so much sense with depression. You know what I mean? It like, makes so much sense. Why, yes. why we don't feel like people love us when, you know. Wow. Yeah. When we get into those depressive moods, it could be our lack of oxytocin as, mm -hmm. you know, our oxytocin receptor might be messed up. Just tell everybody your oxytocin receptor <laughs> is messed up in your brain. And, and I imagine like, it would affect okay. your relationships with friends and, and uh, dating and things like that. So, wow. It, I mean, it, you're, all your relationships. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That is very interesting. Traumatic events are um, all add up, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, sometimes people don't think about that. They think about, oh, well, they they had this traumatic event. So they have another traumatic event that it's not a big deal. You should be able to handle it. Right. right. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So they mm -hmm. say not with mental health. Okay. I'm just going to tell you that that does not happen with mental health. No. So the more traumatic issues a person is exposed to the greater their impact on their mental and their physical health. Trauma history is associated with poor outcomes of survival more like survivalists, more likely to die by suicide, self-harming behaviors, longing, and more frequent hospital admissions. And they have higher level of meds than most people. Wow. Um, and here is the whoa, whoa. 
Trauma can cross generations, socially, psychologically, and genetically. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I'm serious. Something like- that happened to your great grandmother can be affecting you today. Yeah. So things that we do today will be affecting our great grandchildren down the road. Right. Which so sounds like that's a lot of pressure in a way. That's pressure. I know when somebody, I heard somebody say that I was like, what? No, don't tell me. <laughs> well, it is kind of, but at the same it time, it's also, um, okay. So that makes sense that in my family, we all have this issue. Um, you know, we, we're prone to depression or whatever because our traumas are being crossed down. I, I can't even, Right. How does that happen? So how does that happen? We probably don't have time for all that. So that's another podcast. You can answer that question in another podcast. Good. So I can do some (laughs) research first. That would be nice. (laughs) She always asks me these questions, guys. She always asks me a question every episode that I am stumped and I don't know the answer to. Well, I've decided that it's I've done my job if there's just one. I'm asking really good questions if there's just one. So I'm here for you people. I'm here for the listeners who want to ask that question that challenges us. Right. And, In this case, um, challenges Angie. Right. I, I don't know really how to break down genealogy to you. Uh, <laughs> In the 10 minutes we have left, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And probably yeah. the 10 minutes we have. Left yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is like, it's mind blowing to think that. Um, and, you know, the people when you start really thinking about um, when you really start thinking about slavery and you start, start yeah. and I'm not just talking about black slavery, um, slavery, no, in every but you're country right. And oppression and the Holocaust. And that was the first thing I thought of huge mm-hmm. things that happen to people that, you know, that probably affect us or not us. Well, I don't know could be us because we're so mixed you know right. um but affect people now still yet in their brain and they don't even know why they're being affected because their great-grandmother was affected by de- the the de- um the depression right my, my father was a, my grandmother was affected by the depression my grandmother my grandfather my dad was a hoarder of food of um, wow! Didn't trust banks with his money. I don't trust banks with my money, so it's it's weird how it's just weird. I think I think most of us assume that we learn a lot of this from our families. So right. we were taught, at least I was taught, uh, you know, break the cycle, break right. the cycle, change the narrative in your family. Uh, you can do different, even though you know, because they say abuse is is passed down, hurt people, right. hurt people. And so they're like, "Mm -hmm." and so they're like, break it, break that you can change it. But I mean, a part of it really is just already engraved in you. Like you are born with this trauma attached to you. So, um, right. It's not something you could just deal with on your own. You, you have to, uh, work at this, I would assume always. Okay. So if generations are just passing down their trauma from one to the next, how are we going to tell, you know, who's really traumatized and who isn't? Cause it sounds like, you know, a lot of people right. could be. And, 
your genetic markers, I will say, they can turn this genetic on and off as they turn any genetic on and off. Mm-hmm. So you might not get it, but your sister might get it. Right. Your, you know, brother might get it. So, um, but how they do that is they um, break it down in when they're watching um, the, the children, they mm-hmm. break it down into three groups. They break it down into preschool, elementary, and middle school, high school. Okay. So the children at the preschool, you may see fear of separation from their parents or guardian, which is right. can be normal or it can be the sign of this. Um, but I think it was, it, you know, you have more than one sign. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Nightmare, having nightmares, poor eating habits or sudden weight loss and persistent, persistent cries or screams. Oh, yeah, I know. And, you know, some of that stuff can be other stuff, too. So you just really have to take your child in and get them evaluated. That's just and, another piece of the puzzle. Like we're saying right. right. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And so in elementary school, they start having feelings of guilt and shame. They become fearful and anxious. They have sleeping problems and have difficulty concentrating. That's mm-hmm. only in elementary kids. Now they're fearful and anxious. And, yeah. And it's uh, got to be hard yeah. to learn all the things that you're supposed to be learning when you're more focused on these, th- these feelings that you have. It would make it incredibly hard. And middle school is where I about where I started with my trauma. So by the time we get to middle school and high school, mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely had three out of the four of these depression, feeling of alienation, eating disorder and self-harming behaviors. And yeah. I also know that I thought a lot about suicide at that time. I did too. So, yeah, I'm just going to add that from. And this is for me, this is about the time that I know got cut off from my family um, around Mm -hmm. this time period um, and was going through all of those feelings, plus the feelings of, you know, grieving loss and things of that nature. So it can be a lot on a kid and like to go to school, I couldn't have imagined sitting down and caring about algebra during that period in my life. Uh, who cares about that, you know, and that's honestly how I felt. So I can completely understand how these feelings um, make it incredibly hard to like mature or learn anything. Yeah, it's very uh, you're in survival mode. Yeah, you're in you survival are. mode. You really are in survival mode. Unfortunately, like two thirds of children report some kind of traumatic incident by the age of 16. That's mm-hmm. what the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Awareness Association Administration, excuse me, estimates. And wow. then, yeah, isn't that crazy? That's Two too much. thirds of all children. What are we doing? What are we doing? Something's wrong here. We got to fix that. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world. And I know. A lot, you know. Yeah. When you think about it being two thirds of the population of the children of the whole world, and then you start thinking about what, yeah, not Americans go through, but you start thinking about the little kids go through in Africa and mm-hmm. all these places, and it makes sense how there's so much childhood trauma. I know. It's just sad. <laughs> it's it's so sad. It breaks my heart. Yeah. So it's very, um, PTSD is a very real condition. Of course, we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And the National Center for PTSD says up to 15% of girls and 6% of boys develop the PTSD. 
They used to say that girls couldn't even get PTSD. Nobody other than soldiers could get PTSD. PTSD, right. Uh, and now they're saying for kids, it's mostly girls. Yeah, it's a higher rate. Girls are more emotional than boys. I find so. that really interesting, though. I mean, the way that it's but progressed and people have realized that PTSD is, uh, is much... An actual Right. <laughs> An, An actual, actual disorder, disorder for more for everybody instead of just soldiers or boys, men. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that a lot it may be higher than that because boys and men and thing people they don't uh, and people no boys and men they don't talk about their they're taught to not talk about their issues so much you know man up don't cry don't do this don't talk about that yeah and um, a lot of the soldiers are especially thrilled yeah. to feel that way so a lot of them don't want to get treatment right definitely mm -hmm. it's so sad it is so if you don't know ptsd is a mental health condition that can impact children in different ways some children find themselves replaying the traumatic event in their minds reliving the stress and agony others reenact the traumatic event in play Still others avoid any person or situation that might remind them of the trauma. Some children may also believe that they have missed warning signs about the traumatic event and therefore become hypervigilant to the point of obsession. Now, hmm. hypervigilant is where you are constantly worried about your surroundings. You're looking, you're looking for the trouble. What is going to happen next to you? There is no way I have I'm a hypervigilant person. I have hypervigilance. There is no way I could go through school like this. Yeah. No way. Because I'm where I'm more worried about what is going on around me when I'm like that than I am about anything that is okay. And this would probably be the kid that would be labeled as a troublemaker or something and non-compliant. Right. Um, it's non-compliant. Yeah. If there's, you know, slip through the cracks and nobody realizes that they're actually having a lot of trauma that yeah. they're trying to work through and a child is not going to be able to do that by themselves. Um, so well, they, right. And they have it, they experience a range of symptoms mm -hmm. like anger and increased aggression. So that could be right there where they're labeled the troublemaker. Right. Um, anxiety, depression, mistrust of others. So you might not even trust your teachers, um, fear, alienation, low self images, low self image, which is so sad and self-harming mm -hmm. behaviors also again, um, yeah. with the PTSD. Oh. I mean, those signs are horrible. I just think about all the kids, um, that go through this. These are the kids that tend to get bullied too. Uh, they are bullying. Like I said, bullying is a childhood trauma. And I was bullied from kindergarten to high school. So yeah, I can see where that also, it just makes, issues. yeah. And it just makes it so much worse because now they're suffering another trauma of being bullied. Um, and being bullied by more than one kid can be a separate trauma. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like one kid's bullying you over here. One kid's threatening to hurt you over here. Of course, that would make you hypervigilant because you have all these people saying they're going to beat you up and, you know. Right. And then you're going to grow up into an adult that has that history and that's hard to. Right. Or you may even turn into the bully because yeah. you are done being bullied. And I mean, I think it's important to really understand all of this. Uh no matter who you are, because 
any sort of traumatic event, if you haven't dealt with it, like I was the kind of person where I would go through traumas and I'd stuff them down. I wouldn't understand what the value was of talking to a therapist or, you know, right. I was the same way. They tried to make me go to a therapist. You know what I told him? What? I was like, they took my mom and dad, my mom and stepdad out of the room. And, um, he said, well, now you can talk to me. And I said, you can't help me because I'm not going to talk to you. He's oh like, well, goodness. that's true. <laughs> well, oh my goodness gracious. Angie should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself. Right. But I was a kid and I was having right. really bad problems and I didn't trust anyone, especially right. somebody I didn't know and I felt would be on my parents' side other than my, rather than mine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about therapy at that age. Right. So like, I didn't I'm, talk I'm about that. feeling that way too. And I'm just like, am I, especially my family, therapy. And, <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, I would push everything down and figure, you know, you there's really no dealing with it. You just kind of move on. But it, you know, this whole episode is why it's so important. It's just screams to me. You have to deal with your past traumas. You have to, um, not just for yourself, but for your next generation, <laughs> you know, right. and your generation after for them you. too. I know. So if right. you really want to break the cycle, if you truly want to break the cycle, it has to come from within. You have to deal with the traumas that, you right. are suffering within yourself. That is the best thing that you can do. I absolutely um, agree with that. Yes, yeah. professional help is wonderful. If you notice your child is having some issues, don't be afraid to take them in. There are wonderful child counselors that can help them. And then they can grow up to be even better adults and more effective and more efficient. 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 Yeah. Because the sooner you get help, the better off um, you're going to be. The earlier you start therapy, um, you don't want to be an adult. You don't want to be an adult like me and have to go all the way, you know. (laughs) That's tiring. (laughs) It is tiring. Therapy is tiring for Mm -hmm. old people. It is. (laughs) Start (laughs) young. No. But it's true. Yeah. The earlier you can do it, the better. Um, and so now we know what to look for and all this has been really, really amazing information, Angie. So thank you so much for, uh, researching all of that and letting us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what is the mantra for this week? Mental health problems don't define who you are. They are something you experience. You walk in the rain and you feel the rain, but importantly, you are not the rain. I think that's so important to remember too. That is such right. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that one because it's true about mental illness. Don't forget you are not your mental illness. You're not your physical illness. Mm-hmm. You are still an individual in yourself. So. And, you know, I know there's a lot of advocates out there and that's completely different, but when you identify yourself as your illness, it's a dangerous um, thing to do right. because there's so much more to you. Uh that can grow and mature and and thrive in spite of your illness. So um, yeah, you are not your illness. There's so much more to your illness. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did get something out of it, please like share, follow, or subscribe. All of our social media information will be announced in just a moment. Please join us next week for a brand new episode. You don't want to miss it until then. Please remember we're always stronger together and thank you for listening. 
Mask up. Peace out, guys. Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.